I can remember vividly the exact moment when I started to question the faith that I was raised in. It was my sophomore year of high school at St. Bernard's Central Catholic High School, and our honors group was taking the morals and ethics class from one of the priests there. And naturally, we had all kinds of questions, and we wanted to stump the priest whenever we could, being smart-ass teenagers. Eventually in the class, the topic came around to abortion and the church's stance on that. And we had all kinds of questions that day. Where were the exceptions? Is it wrong all the time? What about this and that? And someone asked, well, what about if the life of the mother is endangered? What if she's going to die if they go through with the birth. And the priest stopped and paused for a moment and then said, well, uh, she's lived a fuller life. I think it's probably time for the, the child to have a turn. I think everybody has a moment in their lives when an adult says something that just kind of shatters your idolization of them knowing everything, and this one was mine, because a voice in my head said, <coughs> I think that's bull. <laughs> we didn't ask any follow-up questions, because we didn't want to get into it with the priest, obviously, at that time. But that was the beginning. I mean, it was a long road to completely separating myself from things. And the question as it's filtered through my adult mind over the years, what was really bothering me in that moment. One, just the absurdity of how he answered it, but two, was that an actual moral truth that he was giving to us? Or was that just a convenient way of, of dodging the issue at hand? Was the Neo in the Matrix just kind of bullet-timing his way around the question because he didn't want to get into it with a bunch of 15-year-olds? I don't know. But I think we all go through that moment at some point in our lives when the, the switch flips in our young minds and we start to question things. It doesn't help in my case that one of my teachers in that same school had a sign over his doorway that said, question authority. So we were being encouraged in that way. I don't know if, if the fathers would have appreciated had they known. But here's the funny thing. This is a common story. Whenever I do an intro class or a Pathways to Membership class and we start telling the stories of our faith journeys among us, I'm going to say, and this is a completely unscientific calculation, a good 75 to 80 percent of the people start their story with, well, I was raised this, and then I started asking questions. We share a lot in common in this room. 
I believed this, or I was told to believe this, and then I started asking questions. And then, rather than answering the questions, the minister, the father, the whoever was in charge, the elder said, maybe this isn't the place for you. You need to have a stronger faith. So we get sent off in search of some other spiritual home or some place where our questions will be welcomed. Now, I'm going to tell on Unitarian Universalists a little bit here, too, to say we're not immune to this. Sometimes when someone in one of our congregations starts asking a lot of questions and we start getting worn down, often those people will be encouraged to go to seminary <laughs> so they can come back and be the minister that says, I can't answer this anymore. Uh, that was not my story, but it happens. You have to have a stronger faith. You've got to stop asking so many questions. Doubt is the enemy of faith. Doubt will destroy your faith in God. Doubt will tear the church apart. Doubt can get you into a lot of trouble. If you were here on Wednesday night for the Servetus One Man musical, you heard the story of way back when what doubt could do to a community as Michael Servetus came to his own understanding of what Christianity was and what the Trinity was like and all of that, and John Calvin responded by just burning him at the stake. Doubting once upon a time could be deadly, and it's still in many faith communities, rips those communities apart or at least shuns people for just thinking critically. One of our late ministers, the Reverend Robert Weston, wrote this, which I believe appears in the back of our hymnals as well. Cherish your doubts. For doubt is the attendant of truth. Doubt is the key to the door of knowledge. It is the servant of discovery. A belief which may not be questioned binds us to error. For there is incompleteness and imperfection in every belief. Doubt is the touchstone of truth. It is an acid which eats away the false. Let no one fear the truth that doubt may consume it, for doubt is a testing of belief. The truth stands boldly and unafraid. It is not shaken by the testing. For truth, if it be truth, arises from each testing stronger and more secure. We are a home in our tradition for your doubts. Cherish your doubts. 
those I don't know moments, those I'm not sure about moments that I think that might be, <laughs> those are sacred. I don't know, for me, growing up was a hard thing to say because, of course, growing up in a tradition that was all about the catechism and here's your book with all the answers about your faith right here kind of propagated an idea that having all the answers was what was expected. In college, I was working on my senior thesis as a director uh, and my advisor at the time would sit me down every couple of days to talk about the process we were going through. And he got bothered by one of the choices I was making, and I don't remember specifically what it was in the play anymore, but he's like, why that, John? Why? Why that choice? And in my deep mind, I knew the answer was, I have no clue. But coming out of my mouth was, well, blah, 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 just start talking, John, and maybe you'll arrive on the answer, and you can tap dance your way and just kind of, you know, get one over on your advisor here. And he said, no, 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 no. What I'm asking you is this. Why that specific choice? This just happened in the script, and you made this choice, and why did you do that? And still the deep answer was, I have no clue. And still my mouth was saying, blah, 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 trying to pass one over on my advisor to see if I could get by and just make up an answer on the spot. And he finally just held up his hand and looked me in the eye and said, John, um, it's okay to say I don't know in this situation. I don't know is the arrow that tells us where we have to study next, where we have to do the next bit of work. So when I say the I don't know is a sacred moment, I mean it because I came by that lesson the hard way myself. And my project ended up all the better for being able to say it. It was a complete 180 from what almost everyone else at that university was telling me. Last week I talked a bit about my journey into Unitarian Universalism, having the revelation that I thought God spoke to everyone in their own language and I was arrogant to think I could pick any one of them as true. But the other piece of that, very similar, was having that I don't know moment and realizing that I didn't have a place in my faith home anymore because uh, I wanted to ask questions, because I wanted to say I don't know. And I found that was welcomed as well in the doors of the church that I had walked into. The freedom to doubt the freedom to ask questions about what we hold close, about what we value, about what our principles are, about how we live together, about how we build a beloved community. The freedom to do that is our inheritance over centuries. It's built in to the way we think as a faith movement. I mentioned last week 
again, the Winchester profession of the Universalists back in the 19th century who wrote up their three principles of faith, and then they had a little addendum at the bottom that said, of course, this is what we believe right now. If you find something better in your individual church, you're free to write your own thing. We're not going to hold you to this. It's baked, baked into the system for us. Doubt is part of what has built us. Ralph Waldo Emerson doubted that Scripture was the only way to enter into a relationship with the divine and make meaning. He saw it everywhere and wanted to tell everybody else to look elsewhere, to look at life. And Hosea Ballou didn't believe a loving God would damn anyone to hell for eternity. He had doubts about that doctrine, and he wrote about it at length and found something that felt a little more true to him. And our humanists in our congregations in the early 20th century doubted that God was even necessary, or even the concept of the Judeo-Christian God was necessary in order to build a church community that it could be centered around something else. It could be centered around the ongoing, at the time they said, perfection of humankind. And women in the late 20th century doubted that male language in our statements of faith and our hymns and our various writings of meaning uh, doubted that male pronouns were default for everybody and pushed for change. And the folks who are taking on the bulk of our anti-racist work and our movement, anti-oppression work, doubted that we have yet fulfilled all of the promises we make in our faith and push us to make good on them in deeper and deeper ways. Doubt is our inheritance, the thing that makes us better. It is the crucible that burns away all the unnecessary and makes the truth and the principle that we latch onto stronger. The truth stands boldly and unafraid, says Weston. It is not shaken by the testing. For truth, if it be truth, arises from each testing stronger and more secure. That's why we set ourselves apart as a home for your doubts and your I don't knows and I'm not sures and reallys. It's as important to who we are as a people of faith as diversity of belief is in general. Doubt makes up one of the cornerstones that we can build a beloved community on. Because we are building a faith around expressions of love at the center. And love is a big word, and it can mean so many things. And so we're constantly testing what that thing at the center, what that cornerstone is. Our questions make it better. If we are practicing together 
what I'll call a faithful doubt. That is a doubt that is open to being changed, to change our minds, a doubt that isn't just contrarianism for contrarianism's sake, because some of us are out there, I know. But a doubt that is open to a change of heart, a change of mind, opens up those channels of love and those expressions of love for better connection, for deeper truth. A faithful doubt leads us one to a deeper understanding of ourselves, of each other, of our community, of that which we call holy. A faithful doubt, if we are practicing it, leads us to a place of humility. And that's what's lacking in so many faith traditions in the one true wayers, humility, doubting our own certainties, not just what others are telling us, but examining our thoughts and our ideas as we grow deeper into spirit and faith here. I believe that, why? Am I right? Did I come to that honestly? Or am I just basing my religion on a bunch of hot takes? Because here's the thing. Every religion, including ours, is dealing in uncertainty. Is dealing with the intangibles. We talk about love, but it's not something we can touch. We can't break it down to its constituent atoms. We're just making our best guesses about how it all works. We are all continually trying to solve for elephant, which forces us to be open. our own fallibility, to the experiences and expressions of others who don't necessarily match our own experiences. Therefore, it tells us where we need to explore next, what the next bit of work we need to do is. It tells us if we are doubting faithfully, whether we've arrived at some great truth or we're just making a convenient statement to make ourselves feel comfortable. It is the thing that will tell us the difference between a deep and centered and understanding love and just mere tolerance. We need a home for our doubts and our questions. So welcome home to your home for your doubts and your questions and your I don't knows. Be uncertain. Question authority. 
without and within. Ask questions. Don't stop asking questions. I promise you, we will not send you away. I also promise you I will not try to force any of you into seminary if you start asking too many questions unless you really want to go there. Be uncertain. Ask away. And accept what we discover along the way with some gratitude and some openness, knowing that we are all the better community is all the better for the asking, for the doubting. May it be so.